welcome back to the next episode of the table with Misha Nicole and Christopher Dallas. Okay, guys, what you guys hear is I kind of hit record before I was ready. <laughs> we were in the middle of laughing and being silly. So, Christopher Dallas, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Let's do the rundown of the show. I'm ready. Okay, we'll do the rundown of the show since you're ready and I'm ready and we're ready. I'm sure the listeners are ready. So welcome to the table with Nisha Nicole and Christopher Dallas. So here at the table, we have open discussions on life, love, dating, relationships, and sex. Um, So our goal is to do so in a way that's fun and uplifting and that brings learning and healing to our relationships as opposed to division and dissent. Mm-hmm. And in addition to our 20 years of friendship, we have each individually been through all of the aspects of the dating, the sexual relationships, the yes. marriage, everything that you've seen, everything you've experienced, everything that we're going to talk about, some of it in this show, the format of the show. About 30 minutes in, we'll talk about the show topic, which we have a different one for every show. About 15 minutes in, we talk about the buzz, all the latest things going on in social media or mass, mass media. But we first start off with the Monday morning report so first things first Nisa Nicole what do you have for us today on the Monday morning report where we go over the latest things that we're going through in our dating or sexual lives what you got I got nothing (laughs) it's been a few Um, weeks of this I know it's starting to seem like we need another segment because (laughs) well I got something for today oh okay All right, then. Well, so here's the thing. So last week we talked about the DMs, right? Right, right, right. So this week, DMs were kind of light because I haven't been as active in the Facebook dating group. So as as I was preparing for our show today, I started thinking and like, what is the deal? And what I came up with is I'm not quite sure I'm wanting to date. I understand. I so understand. remember, I, I've said in the past that I, I'm open to a relationship, but I'm not actively seeking a relationship. Right. So as I started thinking about that further, um, so there's a guy I've been messaging back and forth with, and every time we talk, which has only been a few times, we have a great conversation, and he always closes with, um, you know, we should get together soon, but he hasn't followed through yet. And so I was thinking, I was like, well, if he doesn't follow through soon, I'm just going to cut it off because I don't need a pen pal or a chat buddy. But then I started thinking, why am I not pushing things Mm -hmm. forward as Mm -hmm. well? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the traditional ways that a man should be able to start things off in the beginning. Yes, I am looking at that because when it comes to that, I am more traditional than I am in other areas but I also started thinking that um I'm just unsure if I'm ready for that emotional investment right now and I had to be honest with myself when I started thinking of that because um there are times when I feel like I could do the reaching out or I could be a little more open and things like that. And I'm just not doing it. So it's making me kind of question like, what is it that I'm really seeking here? Because I am enjoying this space where I am Mm -hmm. single. Mm -hmm. 
I enjoy it because when you're in a relationship, uh, of course, the new the new phase is, is always fun and new and right, exciting if it's the right person. You know, it can be frustrating. And what you say, um, um, what do you what do you always say? Um, it's Mm-mm. a date. You not the relationship part, but the dating. You said it's um, exhausting. <laughs> not exhausting. There's another um, inefficient. Inefficient, big time. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> but um, but there is a part of relationships where everything that you do, you have to be considerate of your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I don't miss about a relationship. And okay. I know it's it may sound extremely selfish, but that's why I'm single right now because I'm enjoying the selfishness of it. I love that. I wish more people would be able to take the time out to be able to realize what they want, because what you're doing right now is saving some guy from the angst of being frustrated with you. Potentially, you could meet some guy who could be frustrated and you're really wanting to be more selfish right now and not in the giving um, mood or or place of mind right now. And some guy, hey, I need more from you. And like, if if more people had done the the self-evaluation, the self-awareness, the emotionally intelligent aspect of self-awareness, a lot of a lot of heartache could be solved, uh, served better for a lot of people who just don't want to go through the inefficiency of dating. They don't want to meet you right now, Nisha Nicole. You're not right. ready for it. right. <laughs> and and I and I respect that. And I there are times when I look back and I'm like, you know what? We talked about this the last or, or one of our episodes um, about being the bad date. Right. Um, and I can look back and see times when I was the bad dater. Right. Like I'm just sitting there, not reaching out, like waiting for the guy to say good morning, beautiful or whatever the text is. And if right. I don't hear from you, it's like, OK, and there's no reciprocity. And I can see how that could turn a person off really quickly because everybody wants some reciprocity. Mm-hmm. So that's my Monday morning report. OK, so with that guy, how long has it been that you guys have been just chatting back and forth? Just a couple of weeks. Just going nowhere? A couple of weeks is okay. I would say that if it goes into three to four weeks, then somebody's going to have to be able to make a move. Because him throwing out the tagline of, we should do something, we should get together. I understand your your hesitancy of not wanting to push it along forward because if somebody opens it up with, hey, we should get together, then they should be like, what's the next move are you available next thursday or you know where do you live or or whatever the next step is to be able to because we've already discussed the where you live and we've even talked about okay well we can meet somewhere in the middle since we don't live that far apart right and so so what what happened is the last time you know he was going out of town for the weekend and he was like, I'm going to hit you. I'll hit you up when I get back. And then I don't hear from him until a few days after you said, now that's a pet peeve of mine. And I, okay. and I understand that in the early stages, we don't <laughs> owe anybody anything, of but to the same note, don't say something that you're not willing to do. If I say, I'm going to call you on Monday, then call me Monday. I will call you on Monday right. because I try to keep my word. So that's, a, that's a little pet peeve. So that was a little turn off. And I did reach out of my comfort zone instead of waiting for him to reach out. I did reach out to him. And I was like that, that, yeah. 
almost gave me the heebie-jeebies. I was like, oh. Not the heebie-jeebies. The heebie-jeebies. Uh, <laughs> well, this is something to keep track of for this guy going forward. It's been a couple of weeks, but on the next Monday report and the next Monday report, hopefully you have something to report or the fact that that file got closed, which yeah, is also close something the to report. Okay. Yes. Okay. All so, right, well, we'll, ro we'll roll on with mine where I don't have anything new except somebody except? from my recycle bin reached out to me. Not the Everybody, recycle bin. Recycle bin. The recycle <laughs> bin when you go through the recycles and yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got yeah. the reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had a woman that uh, reached out to me recently um, that I hadn't talked to or seen in a couple of years. And it's like, if you don't directly have the experience of having somebody in your past who's a very good looking and very good in bed, but limited only to that, limited only to that. Okay. Then if you haven't had that, then maybe you can still relate to it. I'm thinking that a lot of people out there have that. And this woman reached out to me and I'm like, oh. and like you haven't been interested in dating or relationships or anything like that. But, you know, you what? mentioned a pet peeve that you have. I have mm -hmm. a red flag for her. She is a woman who changes her phone number like clothes, like every other three months, two months go by. She's got a new phone number. I'm like, okay, yeah, that is it just, it just shows some instability to me. Suspect. Right? Yeah. It is, it is, it is. And so that's how I've always viewed her. But you know, the conundrum is do I really have a reason not to be able to go down that rabbit hole? I'm not seeing or sleeping with anybody whatsoever. And a very attractive woman who's very good in bed reached out to me from my past. And I'm sort of stuck as to what to be able to do. Your so, so, okay, she reached out to you, but what is yeah. the intention behind the reaching out? Is it to go on a Jay, date? Jay, come over and, and smash. Jay, come hit this some more. I will be home on these dates at this time. She didn't lay it out quite that way, but it isn't to go out on dates. Okay, so all the guys that are listening are going, yes. what's the problem? Right, right. <laughs> she's beautiful she and is. she's great in bed. Oh, uh, yes. And she only wants you to come over to smash. Right. What's What's the problem? I'm not the same Christopher Dallas. This wouldn't even be a discussion. No, this would have been part of my Monday report. It would have already happened by now. Yeah. And I would have been given details as to how it went down or something like that. I would have filed into the Monday morning report. But for me, I'm like, oh, man, oh, I don't know. That's it. I just this don't is, know. This is so atypical. Like, I'm not <laughs> used to this conversation with you. I mean, and okay. So question. Answer. How, I know you're not dating right. right now, but how long has it been since you've had adult fun, if you know what I mean? Smash, oh, you mean had sex. Had sex, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, we're going on 18 months and really what we're going on is less than 10 times in the last 36 months. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I almost, yeah, make sure your microphone still works. I almost because it choked. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had a soundboard so I could do some type of sound effect right now. What? Right. Wait, what? Whereas I used to have six women within 36 hours. So, so maybe, okay, yeah. 36 months. That's three years. Uh -huh. Right. Good math. You okay. went to a great school. <laughs> 10 years, it, oh, 10, 10 times years. in three years. Years. less than that i don't think that less i've got to 10 right like individual times not people that i've dated or uh, individual set like you know if you go so over that's somebody's like what's house a that, quarter I, 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 but I'm three years like yeah. but, but but then it's not really that's what it averages out to because you said right. it's been 
How long since the last time you've actually had sex? Since before the pandemic. Say what now? Since before <laughs> we shut down the pandemic. Okay, since right before then. Yeah. We're almost coming up on two years. No, well, well we got to go all the way back around. The pandemic started in my mind in mid-March 2020, right? I mean, right? the virus was out if we want to go along with the timeline, yeah. you know, way before that. But when yeah, we but actually shut down and, and stayed that. in the house, okay. that's mid-March, right? So right before then, early March. Okay. Okay. Okay, so okay. I get the not dating part, right? Right, right. But you're an attractive man. I've so I've heard. And <laughs> and you have I'm I'm sure plenty people in I'm a, I'm gonna show my well, age I, with, with this no, comment don't, in your Rolodex. Rolodex, what is but that? In, what in is your phone. Sure, 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 <laughs> that, sure, sure. That would be like this lady. No you know, I didn't intend that. to be this way. I didn't intend to go out and let me see how long I could go without actually having sex. That's not the intention. I did I just want to take a break a little bit from dating, and the pandemic actually allowed me to do that. But in right. self-evaluation, self-analysis of the, 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 the weeks and months of uh, being in the house and being by myself, I've really started to see not just patterns in my life from sexual, but just how many women I've hurt that's a big thing as well. It's that not just, oh, thing. I'm frustrated with the inefficiency of dating. It's not just I'm frustrated with, oh, I hate, you know, having to worry about condoms or pregnancies or all the rest of that stuff. All of that is true. But the okay. amount of women that I've hurt, the amount of women that have been hurt directly by me makes, makes me want to just sit in the basement and order some chicken wings by Uber Eats and not date or smash or see anybody. Okay. I've said this before. When you okay. say that, right, it gives me a little vindication for all okay. women. Okay. Because we feel like men don't feel that, like they don't right. care when they hurt us and they move on. So it actually feels good to hear a man say, I realize that I've left a trail of broken hearts or disappointed mm. women or what, mm. what, whatever the case may be. You, you're mm. recognizing and acknowledging that Big time. Hurt had enough of those conversations during the pandemic beforehand that, that you know, this is all post-divorce as well, that, you know, it's, I, I, it, it is too big of a trail and I don't need any more male boosting numbers. I don't need to boost my numbers anymore to feel good about myself. I want to take it even further than, and I didn't even know we would go down this rabbit hole this much, but I take it even further than just saying I've hurt too many women. I've also smashed too many women just to get my numbers up. A lot of guys are like, well, I need my numbers to be up, right? Because that's how I define my masculinity. Really? Like, do y'all really think that? Like, for real? They, we don't think that. I'm not thinking that at it's the time. Just, we definitely think about getting the number body on our body count. Right? We're on autopilot. We, we definitely consciously talk about getting more women to smash to get our numbers up. What we don't realize below that is that we need to need that to define our masculinity, masculinity, like big muscles or fast cars or anything like that. It sounds Neanderthalish, but it's, it's part of it. And me not was, needing any more women to smash is part of, and I can define my masculinity on my own, by myself, in the basement, order chicken wings, Uber Eats, I was about pandemic, to say. 2020. That the, I was gonna say that sounds so archaic right. and simple minded. So I'm glad you went ahead and put that out there. Hey, my first book was too simple to believe, and it's based off the Neanderthal minds of men. It still happens. But you didn't you didn't think it was the Neanderthal mind of men when you wrote it, though, did you? I knew that there were there were Neanderthal aspects to our thought patterns, and it's truly simplistic, and that women project that we're as complicated as as, as you are, and we're frequently not that complicated.
one day we need to do an episode to contrast the two right. books true true true, true i, true. I think that will be a really great discussion in our future in our future um, but as for now for finishing up the monday morning report yeah I, I don't i don't think that i'll do it but i don't have a reason not to um because you don't want to that is enough reason uh, uh, all i have to do is think about it and <laughs> she sent me a couple of pictures which reminded me like <laughs> yeah she still looked good i was like well um story developing and we will follow up with you on that one christopher dallas (laughs) okay so is that it for for your monday morning report so i got i thought that was a lot it, it it is a lot it's a lot and i am looking forward to seeing how this pans out um But I once again, I do applaud you for taking that time out and not just doing it just to say, "Hey, I got some," because that's a long time to go. It doesn't even it doesn't even feel that long. It, it the pandemic makes it all different. Doesn't feel like the pandemic has been that long. Sometimes it feels like we've been doing this five years in yes, terms of you know yes, masks and 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 vaccine debates and everything else. And sometimes you look up like, okay, that's going by kind of fast. So I, I can't I previous versions of christopher dallas would have been like wait we went how long 18 what right because just, just for me it hasn't been that big of a deal urges okay right. I'm, I'm glad you're at that point because huh. for myself i don't yes, think ma'am. i'm there yet okay okay don't. so anywho moving right along moving right along <laughs> the buzz yeah. the buzz um uh, for this week it was like a slow news week this week. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, for humanity's sake, that's a good thing. Right. So right. I was looking for stories that were kind of on brand, and I sent you some stuff that was not on brand. So that's where my right. brain was. But I did find this story about a police officer mm-hmm. in New Jersey mm-hmm. um, that was. Um, convicted or, or charged with stalking. Oh yeah, he was convicted. He was convicted. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to get my words right here because I don't have the story in front of me. So I, I was like, "Wait, what?" Right. Um. So the the story goes on to talk about how this man he stopped this woman, um, while on duty, and I guess he thought she was so attractive. That he dis- her again. he disabled the camera mm-hmm. and then stopped her 11 minutes after this. Mm-hmm. Which to me at first I was like, okay, that's just a guy who sounded like a little nervous and didn't know how to say something to a lady. That's that was my first thought when I was reading reading it. And I know that I, I don't know. I it just didn't sound that bad to me at first. Right. Because sometimes if you feel that that desire i guess you just feel like i need to act or i may not get this chance again right i don't know if this was the guy's mindset or not but i I guess it's bad but it's not to me criminal bad that part okay but then but then it said he followed her home Right, right right now that is a problem and not to mention the abuse of your position. Like, I can't Completely. even Im- imagine what that woman was going through in her mind 
as this man is following her after as his police officer is the police her. officer but any man but then a police officer at that is following her home so now it's like you know where i live which i've had a friend that used to work at a bar and a guy some guys followed her home and one of the things that i told her to to do uh, when she caught me i was like just drive to the police station but when you have police following you, then where do you go? Where do you go? Mm-hmm. And then there's the layer of the, I mean, it's just so many layers to this, but what, what was your take on this? Well, I mean, uh, my first thing was to be appalled, even when he turned off his camera on the second time, it, they don't even really have a reason he pulled her over the first time, but for whatever reason, he pulled her over the first time. Um, and then I guess he was so smitten by her that he tracked her down and pulled her over a second time, disabled his camera. And that is right there, overstepping the lines of police authority. Right. Overstepping the lines of police authority. And then to be back at her house. So yeah, it's stalkerish. And I guess the big picture for this discussion is not just abuse of power of your job, but stepping over social boundaries in any capacity. You don't know yeah. if somebody wants you or not. And, and I'm going through that with the situation with my job where I'm not sure if my coworker uh, likes me back or not. I have a crush on her, but I'm not going to overstep my social boundaries, my professional boundaries to find out. I'm sorry. Sometimes you're just yeah. going to have to take the loss. Yeah, and that's true. And um, I, I, I think too, the part that I struggled with a little bit is that the story that Hollywood and storybooks have sold us on love is that women love big romantic gestures. Oh, good point. Good point. And I think that the climate that we're in today and those big romantic gestures from a stranger, not someone that is your ex or someone that you have a relationship with. Yes. It becomes, it can become muddled. Mm-hmm. And a man may think, okay, I'm turning the camera off because I know that this land me in trouble at work. Right. However, I don't want to miss this opportunity because I felt something. There was a spark right. there or whatever, right. whatever he told himself. Right. And um, so it kind of gets muddled where, and, and, I'm, and normally I do not take up for men in creepy situations. So <laughs> please note that this is rare An for An exception. Me. Okay. But I, I, I can just kind of get the logic behind that first part. If, if a guy just feels like this is what women like, they, they want you to make it known. They want you to, and, and of course it doesn't, it did, the article that we read didn't say what type of advances he made right. towards her. Right. If he just asked her on a date or if he said something lewd or whatever. Right. And uh, that's so, a, big, so that's a huge know. thing. That's a huge thing. If, if you're going after somebody and you want to say something extremely romantic that you felt something that would be. Right somewhat understandable, at least a little bit looked at a little bit more leniently by our society. But if you said something lewd uh, over Which the time, I, I hey, do I feel like if he said something lewd, that that would have definitely been included in the article. Because Probably. I was actually shocked that because, you know, we hear a lot about a lot about the blue wall of silence, which right. is right. when right. police officers do things, they are, they are very rarely um, um, held accountable for it. And especially I was really shocked by this being a, a male police officer doing something to a woman and action was taken so swiftly. I was, I honestly was shocked by that. Cool. That, that's, that's, 
that's understandable. It's understandable the shock, and and I'm glad that they were able to uphold the values that they take when they swear into the the positions of service for the community like that. I'm glad they were able to do that. Um, but but I think of it also as a bigger picture. You were asking me on my takeaway. I also think of it as a bigger picture of sometimes you have to let the person go. Even if you're in the relationship with them or you're just seeing somebody have a crush on them, if they're not reciprocating it or it's not the position of your job to be able to go there, then you're just going to have to take the loss. And that's the social awareness aspect of, 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 of emotional intelligence, which I wish more people would go to. The workplace harassment where somebody's right. continuously not taking the, no verbal and non, yeah. the verbal and non-verbal cues that this person isn't interested in you. Or sometimes in a relationship when it isn't working out. And you made a great point that sometimes the guy turns up the volume all the way up to say, I'm going to do something great. I'm going to do something grand. And no, it's harassment. There's a yeah. fine line there between recognizing the social cues of you doing something big and it'd be looked at being looked upon as something great and you doing something big and it'd be looked on as something as harassment, as unwelcome for the other person. And that is where I do have sympathy for men because the messages that men get are so muddled for lack of yeah. a better word it's so all over the place like you guys are, are not making grand gestures um right, you right. guys are being creepy like you're harassing right. me and it's so much that for someone who isn't emotionally intelligent someone who doesn't know how to quote unquote read the room right um i can i can really see how it's or someone socially awkward i can see how it's all these messages are like confusing to the, to them and they right. don't really know how to act and However, you just got on the you just got on your guy for not hit, uh, going faster in the uh, so in the chat that you were talking about in your Monday morning report, right? And then the other right. guy went way too fast and giving right. wedding vows. Right, and stuff. right, right, so, right. You said, however, <laughs> however, there are just certain rules, especially in today's climate, like things that would have would have been looked over and pacified in the past are not flying right now. Correct. And one of those things is professionalism, absolute professionalism. When you're at your place of work, which is why you're not saying anything to your coworker. Right. Um, that sometimes, like you said, you just have to let it go. You do. Like, dude, you, you are an officer of the law. Right. You are going to have to wait until you get off of work. Right. And run into her later. <laughs> local watering hole and not just her, but somebody. You you just gonna right. have to use your opportunities elsewhere because at work, because of the power dynamic with your job specifically, you yes. have to let that go. Yes. And even if even in other jobs where there isn't as much of a power dynamic, just the fact that you it it just may put someone in an awkward position you just it's, it's just one of those things you just have to let go well i mean we want to put him in the ov overall category of being a stalker and you know i've had experience with that i've had two female stalkers in my life and definitely with both of them not realizing where the so people i was involved with not anybody that i just was was admiring me it was somebody that two people that was actually involved with separately like eight years apart who mm -hmm. couldn't understand the social boundaries of, hey, this isn't working out and you should let it go. And so I don't want to just make this seem like a male female thing or definitely right. a cop, a cop in his professionalism definitely should take that seriously. But there are tons of people who aren't able to grasp. It's not nuances. Sometimes it's not that hard. Sometimes it's not mixed messages or confusing signals. Somebody doesn't want to be involved with you anymore. You should be able to let it go. So, you, Chris, 
So yeah. I was, I don't remember the first stalker. That was before okay. my time. But the okay. second stalker, yeah, I yeah. was there. Right. And I, from what, from the details that I remember, I don't think it was so much of her not understanding. Yeah. It just seems like, hey, I want what I want. So because right. I can't get what I want. I'm going to make everybody crazy. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to give him hell and right. the people around him hell because right. this she did cyber stalking Ooh, and she was time. sending like lewd messages to, to your people. girlfriend, My to your ex-girlfriend's ex yeah. boss or something like that, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. Okay. She went way over the line. Right, right, Cuckoo. right. Cuckoo. Right. Cuckoo. Like her I mean, ass, she, she should have been locked up for real. Like was, if, if uh, it was today she probably it would be right but it we didn't probably have would have been yeah because cyber stalking the back then was right. was new and they really didn't know what to do with that right type. but it still goes back to at the initial points of recognizing that hey this isn't going to work out and 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 someone saying no i wanted to continue to keep going and whether or not you're a cop looking to go back to somebody's house to be able to follow them there or whether or not you're somebody at the, at the job who goes a little bit further and pushes it too fast being able to recognize where that line is and then being vulnerable enough to say, hey, this person isn't in interested in me. I've got to take this L. That's hard for a lot of people who then yeah. cross the line, refuse to take uh, the L. They refuse to take the L. Not a lot of people. I was just going to say, I don't people. think it's hard for I think a the lot vast majority of people can walk on that point. You're right. Yeah. The vast majority of people on that. I think the people who are not in touch with their own emotional stability then say, well, just because you don't want me doesn't mean that I can't have you or drive you crazy. So that term emotional stability leads yeah. me to think mental illness. Sometimes. And when I say mental illness, I know that there is such a wide spectrum when it comes to mental illness, but not being able to let go when someone is clearly say, stated that they don't want this anymore to me, that right. is a mental illness. Right. I mean, even if it's right. on the lower end of the spectrum, but... Right. I mean, we talked in a previous episode about a guy who broke into his ex-wife's house and then put her out on the back porch and then tried to come back and act like he was saving the day by calling 911 she had already left him he doesn't yeah. grasp the nuances not the nuances the overt messages that she doesn't want to be involved with him anymore and he takes it further than that and this cop did the same thing even on a smaller scale yeah he still did the yeah. same thing yeah so this is um oh gosh and that's that's what makes it so difficult sometimes with dating when you get involved with people sometimes you don't see these because like that stalker your second one like you said, it's someone you were involved with, someone right. you were at one point interested in. And it's right. just like you get involved with these people and it's great. And then after a while, you start saying, OK, something is not right here. Right, right, right. And then you try to creep out the back door and they're like, no, right. no you, you might even run out the front right. door. Run out the front door. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know what else to say about this topic. So yeah, do you no, have anything can, else to add? We're, we're good. We're good. We're closing the door for now on stalkers. Yes. Shout out to yes. my stalkers, 1996, 2002. <laughs> I don't know. I just had a, a feeling that that 2002 one, because she was such a cyber stalker, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if we got an email at askthetablepod at gmail.com. <laughs> Go ahead and put her. it out there for the stalker to hit. Right. <laughs> we'll see 
we'll, we'll see. Hopefully not, because I, I hope she has long moved on with her life. But, you know. We can only hope. For kicks and giggles, she might hit us up. Just or shits and giggles, either. Yeah. <laughs> shits and giggles. Okay. I'm, I've been keeping it real PG lately. It's okay. You notice that? Like, what did I say earlier? Heebie-jeebies? The heebie-jeebies. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, we had an episode called... Three holes. Three holes and two, two hands. hands. And I'm over here talking Gang about bags. heebie-jeebies. That's right. <laughs> A balance. It's all about balance, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today's show topic. I'm ready. Um, so we don't have any guests today. So okay. it's just you and me today, which is Let's great. I like it when it's just you and you and I sometimes. I like when we have guests as well. So Today's topic is about the five love languages. Right. So how familiar are you with the five love languages? Uh, very, very, very. Had long discussions with them um, when I was married as to, you know, what the finer points of them are, how well they can be applied and what yours and mine are in terms of inside the marriage. We talked about really? it a lot then. And I was actually familiar with it before then, but it came to be crystallized uh, at that point. So very familiar. Okay. Did you re- yeah. actually read the book? I did not. I did not. Did not. Did not. Did okay, not, me either. Not. Yeah. I mean, the the concepts are so uh, self explanatory. Exactly. Exactly. That I, Speak I for themselves. I didn't feel the need to read the book. I saw a, a couple of articles and a couple of YouTube videos, and I was like, okay, yeah. I am certified in the five love languages now. Yeah. So. <laughs> so um, I don't I don't know what made this this topic cross my mind, but yeah. um, but I. Once I heard about the love languages and discovered them, it was almost like the disconnects that that I was having in my marriage, which my my husband and I, we did not have these in-depth discussions about it, Mm -hmm. but I did a lot of self-reflection on it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is why we're having this disconnect in this area like this. So with, with you and your and your ex, so how did those discussions do? Did you guys kind of act out on it? Or Well, I don't want to get into too much details of that because I only have one ex-wife. Um, okay, so, I understand. Yeah, right, right, right. But I can get into, I think that the five love languages are better served if you come to a full understanding of your partner's love language, not your own. Knowing your own is, is, is important, but I, yes. I think that it's always more important to know exactly how you can be better serviced, better loved to, and put your partner in a better emotional place when you understand exactly what they need when they need it right here's what i mean here's what i mean bad day at work uh a a bad day at the office come home husband wife waiting for you it's one thing to be able to say hey honey how was your day it's another thing to know exactly how to be able to go about doing things that can bring them back emotionally from where they were in the timing that they need for example if it's gifts which is the the third one i believe on the list you may not be able to just have a gift right there ready so right. it, it may take you some time to, to say, okay, honey, we'll you know, talk about it, whatever, and then bring them the gifts. If it's acts of service, that can be immediate. Cook dinner, take them out, whatever. If it's quality time, listening, whatever it is, words of affection, physical touch, the ability to be able to bring your spouse, significant other, dating person, whatever it is, out of whatever funk that is happening to them, and we're all going to have those days, is way more important if you're, you're dialed into it than what you can get by them knowing yours. That's true. That's true. And one of the things, so to refresh my memory on on this and 
and to actually hear from the author of the book i did watch a, a youtube video from okay. the author on this and um one of the things that he said about um the love languages love is the attitude of looking out for the other person's interest so everything you said is is actually in line with what the author talked about awesome uh, because by nature we do think about ourselves mm-hmm. and the things that we we desire and the things mm-hmm. that we need but in order to make a relationship work we definitely have to look out for the other person's interests and their needs yeah. if you want it to you know there's there's a saying happy life happy wife happy life yeah but it doesn't just apply to husband yeah it doesn't just apply to the husband i right. mean to the wife it it is really about happy spouse right happy, happy house. house there right. you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because because it does help you know when when we recognize even if we don't know the love languages and you mm-hmm. did a great job of running them down um just understanding what it is my partner needs for me mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give you an example uh, when i look back sometimes i think it sounds so trivial and i see this argument on social media all the time and it just makes me want to pull my hair out because At the time that it happened with me in my marriage, I thought it was trivial and I still think it's trivial. However, when you dig past the first layer Mm. and you start looking at the intentions and how it makes the other person feel, that is the bigger picture. So my husband and I, we dated for two years before we got married, right? And this issue never came up, but something happened after we got married and we lived together before we got married so that he just became really upset about me not fixing his plate for dinner wow wow and in my mind i cooked the dinner because i cook i cook regularly um not tv dinners like i'm a good cook even if i say so myself so i cook dinner Mm -hmm. and he didn't eat nine times out of 10. He didn't eat dinner with us, which was an issue for me because my primary love language is quality time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my primary love language. Yeah. Um, so he didn't eat dinner with, with us. So what was happening is it wasn't that I was trying to be dismissive to him or disrespectful. It was just, you're not eating with us. I'm fixing the kids plates, fixing my own plate. I forget. And I wasn't thinking anything about it. And then, it, right. you know, I can't even tell you how many arguments that we had about this. Mm, and I was just mm, like, this is mm. so trivial. Like, what right. is the Who problem? Who fixes the plate? Right. You're an right. adult. Right, right, right. But it's an act of service, right? I, it's, and that is the thing. That is his primary love language is oh, act of service. Act and yours of was service. quality time. So you wanted the meal to, with you guys to be together. Yes. And the quality service, the, the acts of service, I'm sorry, is, is exactly what he wanted. And you yes. both beefed at it from, from different angles. You both had yes. contention. And at that time, I did not have the language around it. I did not understand this because I had not heard of the five love languages. Mm. But here's what happened. Um, 
as opposed to me because my thing was it's the principle of the thing i cook dinner for you you mean to tell mm. me you're so unappreciative that you can't even fix your own plate without griping about it instead of being thankful that i cook actually cook dinner right, right, blah, right. Blah, blah 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 all of that all of that to me like i said it's the surface part yeah. but what what ended up happening is i ended up having a conversation with myself like what does it cost me to fix this plate right right nothing right. nothing 30 seconds how, how does it make him feel when i fix his plate miraculously it makes him feel validated it makes mm. him feel appreciated it makes mm. him feel loved um so at so at some point i conceded and it really wasn't a concession, but I'm saying I conceded because I let go of whatever the, the whole principle argument and all of that stuff that I was holding on to and say, you know what, if this is what it takes, that really is no investment for me. It doesn't, none, it doesn't none. sacrifice anything about my character or anything. Right. right. And it helps my partner feel loved. I will do mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. we had that conversation. And then I also told him, I need you to give me some grace when I am busy and I've had a hectic day and the kids are going mm -hmm. crazy mm -hmm. or, and I'm doing homework and stuff and I forget. I need you to give me grace on the days that I forget because mm -hmm. on those days, there's no mal intent. Right. I'm not right. trying to undermine you. Right. What I'm doing right. is going through the motions. Right. Right. But my intention tensions are to make you feel good and loved and appreciated. Mm -hmm. Now, looking back in hindsight being 2020. Yeah. I was the only person that made the concession. Oh, right. Right. And right. over the long term, that was one of the cracks in the foundation. Right. So hindsight being 2020. The conversation should have included now what i need from you is right right, right. i need you to spend this time, time with us at the table right this will help me remember to fix your plate if you're sitting right here i gotta ask you a question right there on that on um acts of service versus quality time were you raised in a household where people ate together at the at the dinner table absolutely i think that's a big thing about realizing Absol what gets you to the love language that you have isn't yes. just the, some miracle or some happenstance it's how you were raised things that you saw uh, yes. and whether or not you were rewarded with gifts for doing well in school or whether or not physical touch was something did your mom hug you or not hug Absolutely. you as whether it did words of affections when somebody told you a parent an aunt an uncle tell you you did a good job did words of affection become important to you i think understanding your spouse's need again in terms of where they're coming from with their love language, how it actually derived, and therefore how important it is to them. It's usually a small concession to be able to, like you say, especially this is the person you're supposed to love and cherish more right, than others. Right. It's not a big concession to then give them what they need. And how fantastic would that be if you had been able to realize that at the time um, to be able to flip that and say, here's what I can do and here's what I need come to that truth sign here and initial here please on your contract <laughs> and on page two we have a part where you can initial here sign here and we're all good yay happy marriage right right happy right, spouse, right, right happy house right and like like the point that you brought up about the upbringing is so yeah. important so 
I grew up in a home, we ate dinner together. And during that time, and this is probably like you mentioned, where my quality time comes comes yeah, in at. Because for people who quality time is not their primary love language or even at the top of their list, a lot of times they mistake quality time for clinginess. Like I have to be mm-hmm, with you all the time. And that's mm-hmm, not what quality mm-hmm. time is at all. Quality time is making the most of the time that you're spending together hence the word quality yes but a lot of people just hear the time part and and quality time is if they like like i said if that's not their language a lot of times they don't they miss that quality part yeah it's understanding me as a person like that is huge to me understanding who i am understanding what makes me tick understanding how you know why I move the way I move, so to speak. And for him, um, I, I I think the acts of service, he grew up in a very different family dynamic. Like not only was it my nuclear family, but I had a lot of extended family, cousins, grandma, aunts, uncles. And it was more, it was a very cohesive unit. Whereas his family, it was he and his mom. And he had to do a lot of things to help Mm. out around the house. So I think Mm. that that translated to him for love. Mm. And um, one of the things that I would say that I pointed on earlier is that even though these things are small, like for him, it was trivial probably uh, for him to sit down and have dinner with with me. And for me, it was it was why you need why you need that. Yeah. And for him, it probably was trivial. And it's like, get over it. Like, what's the problem? And for me, I saw the whole plate thing as being trivial. And I was like, you know, it's the principle of the thing. I cooked dinner, blah, 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 that argument. But I was able to say, you know, the overarching goal is for us to have a harmonious home. And unfortunately, and so for me, that's why I was able to say, hey, I can do this for you. And for, but on the opposite side, part of me saying, let's have a harmonious home is, let me just let that go. He's going to do what he wants to do. And over time, when we continue to make those concessions for another person, yes, and they're not making concessions for us, mm. it becomes a problem. Resentment resentment and other things so and I found this quote that I thought was so appropriate for people who are listening who are conflict avoiders like myself Hmm. um that lets you know um that is avoiding conflict is not always a great thing so it says this quote says I got it from Facebook (laughs) the wonderful Hmm. world of Facebook it says if you avoid the conflict to keep the peace you start a war inside yourself what wow wow and that quote resonated with me so much because Mm -hmm. you're trying to keep the peace with the other person and then on the inside it's like a seed that continues to grow. Right. It's like, you don't see me. You don't appreciate me. You don't do this. Right. Right. And 
And it may not even be true. And that's the part about it that's that's so harmful because all of these things that you're telling yourself is growing, you don't appreciate me, you don't love me, you don't see me, you whatever. Mm -hmm. It it may not even be true. Mm -hmm. But that's the way your emotions have handled it. That's the way your emotions, but because you haven't addressed it head on and dealt with it, then that thing just continues to grow and then by the time it comes out it comes out in a way that's not healthy and sometimes it can come out in a way it it can become so huge that it's not fixable it can first of all i love that quote um avoiding conflicts starting a war within yourself love that quote um but you know we talk in the opening about how we have all these experiences within the whole spectrum the one thing that I can definitely say for marriage is you have to understand, you have to have the, the desire to yes. understand the background of your spouse and how that mm-hmm. affects their actions and words. Uh, mm-hmm. And then your own background of how you grew up and how that affects your actions and decisions. Because if you just leave it up to everything should be the way that you see it and not understanding how your spouse may see it, not understanding your own view of your own self, then those emotions, like you said, of frustration and resentment will take over and you'll have discussions which are arguments instead of discussions which are fruitful. And both of us yes. can look back in our marriages and say, I wish I had more discussions that were fruitful and not just out of emotions. You can express the emotions, but they won't lead you anywhere towards any better place once they've been pent up for a while. That's correct. That's right. correct. And um, and it, emotions should to me never trump logic and that's so difficult it's easy to say or hard to do big time marriage you'd have to have two people who are emotionally intelligent in the first place to want to try and do that that's true that's true so and what i what i mean by that is and this is why i always like to walk away from a heated argument because during a heated argument is raw emotion Mm -hmm. And I might say things, I might do things that I really don't Mm. mean to do Mm -hmm. or say. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I step back for a moment, I can kind of let the emotions subside and let the logic prevail. Absolutely. And so... Emotions are all just about leveling the playing field. I feel hurt. I want you to feel hurt. And then we'll both feel hurt and upset. But yes. it starts with me feeling hurt and then I want you to get out. So I'm going to say something mean or do something mean or go up. And, That's why when your sister came in town, I said that. You know, instead of saying something that is productive towards the conversation. Yeah. What were you about to say? You took yeah, a big or, deep breath or there. You, or you can pull up a whole uh, register of of you things did, that you have did, happened. You did, you, you did, did, this, you did, you did, did that. You did. That's why I said, that's why you did that. Right. Instead of getting to the, or to the those, issue. those two trigger words, always and never. You always, you do, always this, do this. You and never you do never that. do that. Uh, I, I, now that's something I seriously have to stop myself from saying <laughs> in the middle of a sentence because right. I know it's wrong, but I still do it. But uh, I always hate when people use the word never. I, I never hate when people use the word always. Those are just funny words. Shut up. <laughs> I was gonna say something, but I forgot right. what I was going to say. I apologize. When you yeah. Said I took that deep uh, breath. Yeah. Um. Oh, so my second primary. What? First of all, what is your primary love language? Physical touch. Touch. Yeah. That explains the threesomes. Wow. <laughs> 
And that wraps up our episode for the table <laughs> this week, ladies. And, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Physical touch and then words of affection. Affirmation. Affirmation. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Physical yeah. touch and words of affirmation. So, so you like when you and your woman are in public and she grabs your hand and holds your hand. Well, I'm grabbed her hand way before she needed to be able to grab mine. But it's not just that. Even when you're talking to me in casual conversation, just being able to touch me on the shoulder or the back or anything like that, uh, physical touch is is of, of affection, especially is 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 important. So it doesn't just okay. have to be public affection. Okay. That's yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I'm assuming just sit you next grew- to me on the couch. Come on, sit next to me on the couch. You grew up in a home yeah. with lots of hugs oh. and. Words of affirmation, and I loved you, and yeah. I, and you did a great job. You did a great like job. That. That's correct. My parents yeah. stayed glued together on the on the couch while watching TV, and until you just said that, I didn't even realize it uh, how much that that's what I saw growing up. Growing up. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And Words like, of affirmation is yeah. my second as well. All right. Yeah. Um. So, like, growing up, one side of my family was very much, "I love you." all the time like yeah. hugs kisses all of that and then i have the other side of my family it's funny i never heard my grandmother say i love you mm-hmm. and i don't know what that was with her but like if you say i love you um she would say i do you too oh grandma no, no. <laughs> so it was no. too and, and i it wasn't until i was older that i realized that but like words of affirmation are very important to me. Yeah. If um, like I, I'm not the person where you you can just say you can love me and say, well, I love you because I show you this. And no, I need to hear the words. I love you. Oh, yeah. So. Well, you're doing a great job on the show is the words of affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You actually yeah. do a good job of displaying yeah. words of affirmation every show. I- Okay, I try. We try. We try yes. to do that for the audience. Yes. You no, you that's just innate in you because that's okay. one of your love languages. I don't even know if you realize that. I didn't realize that until just okay. now because okay. you like if I'd say something, you'll say, Oh, that was a really great question, or you did a really good job. It's even after we were done recording, you do that. I just thought okay. about that. All right. Didn't even recognize that. I'll make sure I stop doing that. Or I don't know. No, we'll keep, so, it, we'll keep it up. So that lets me that leads to something else that I just thought of. So the love languages are not just helpful in our romantic relationships. Mm. They're also helpful in our friendships. They are. And the way Although I don't and, need physical touch from my homies. I don't need physical touch from my, from my male friends at all. Not a just, pound. Just to make, not to make that mess. I make that clear. Yes. Not a pound. Not a, well, I, you, know, you know, grab you on the shoulder. And, I do punch a lot. Do I do that, punch that my friends thing. a lot. I do Same recognize thing. that. That is physical touch. You're right. I it absolutely is. will just line up and start punching my guy friends. You're right. <laughs> in the chest and in the shoulder, not in the face or anything like I'm that. I'm gonna leave that alone. Right. I'm just gonna oh. leave that one alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank but you. That's it. It is important because um, because that could create disconnects with friends if. If your friends tell you about this great thing they're doing and you buy them a gift to celebrate as opposed to saying, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. Right, right, right. That may be a disconnect. So. Right, right. Awesome. Anything else you want to wrap up on this topic? That'll do it for me. Okay. I think this was a great discussion. It actually it took 
turns that I was not expecting. And All discussions do. Uh, a little more transparency on my part than I was expecting, but hey, it happens. That's, it's a podcast. that's what we do here. Right. If we can't be transparent, then what is this show for? For nothing. Great point. I mean, uh, sorry to say great point. I meant scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the way we wrap up the show here is we talk about what we bring to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Christopher, Christopher yep. Dallas, what are you bringing to the table this week? Christopher Dallas brings to the table this week fun, unbridled joy and fun and creativity. Not anything deep, not anything emotionally intelligent, not anything like that. Like, let's go to the park. Let's hang out. Let's bounce up and down on the couch. Okay, how much was the couch? Okay, maybe we shouldn't bounce up and down on it. No. But I think in a relationship, it is absolutely imperative to have some days where all you do is act like six-year-olds and have all the fun you want in the world. The world is heavy and gravity is enough. So, you know, I'm going to bring to the table in a relationship fun, man. Let's have some fun. I want to have fun. Let's go. Fun. There we go. That's what I got. Okay. So what I'm bringing to the table this week is, um, um, reevaluation. Okay. So I say that because like in the example I gave about the fix, not fixing the plate and all of that, um, one of the things that I did was take that time and reevaluate the situation. Like, am I looking at this from a selfish perspective Mm. or what, like, like I said before, what does it cost me? What does it, what does it give to you? So being able to reevaluate things and make the necessary adjustments. So now to my future mate, that doesn't mean it's always going to turn out in your favor, okay? Because I might reevaluate <laughs> and realize <laughs> that I'm right, okay? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to be clear that's about funny. that. So, uh, <laughs> so that's what I'm bringing to the table this week. So, wow. Once again, uh, we would love to hear from you. We would like to hear your thoughts or any questions that you may have for myself or Christopher Dallas and be able to reach out to us you can do that at askthetablepod at gmail.com everybody except my stalkers everybody except christopher's stalkers so thank you anyway have a great great week and we'll talk to you soon talk to you soon guys thank you bye